0: OK, I'll think about that later after I do this. I think with more practice and more consistent practice, the gap between the time that you act on the things that you notice and you hear becomes smaller.
1: Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I am your host, Rosie Acosta, yoga teacher and teacher trainer mindfulness coach, speaker, and creative writer. I'm also the founder of RadicallyLove.com, a website where you can go for more information about yoga, mindfulness, meditation, and lifestyle advice. On this podcast, we talk to people within our health and wellness community that are creating content through the ritualistic practice of yoga, meditation, or overall mindful living. We hope to create value in your life so that you can achieve your highest potential and live a radically loved life. To stay in touch with us, just follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Rosie Acosta and on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie. You can sign up for our newsletter on radicallyloved.com to stay up to date on future workshops, retreats, and latest podcasts. I hope that Radically Loved Radio leaves you feeling inspired to create something powerful. My teacher, Yoga Rupa Rajstreicher, says, if you powerfully believe in the value you have to offer the world, your love and passion for it will be an unstoppable force. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic, the coffee that gets you fired up. Aside from supporting energy, stamina, and athletic performance, cordyceps have been studied for their strong antioxidant properties. I have been so obsessed with this coffee for the last year. I've been drinking it, and I've been traveling with it, And in case coffee doesn't pump you up enough, how about coffee paired with one of the most energy-supporting mushrooms on the planet, cordyceps. So coffee is so energizing because it stimulates the central nervous system and the adrenal glands. But combining this with a more balanced cellular energy to support uh, our immune system and our health function, this mushroom can result in a balanced stimulation while using only half of the amount of caffeine normally found in a coffee, which is awesome. (laughs) They also have an incredible matcha mix that is my absolutely new favorite, and they want to give our listeners a gift. So for those of you who are curious and want to try the mushroom coffee that doesn't taste like mushrooms, go to foursigmatic.com forward slash radically loved. So that's FourSigmatic.com forward slash R-A-D-I-C-A-L-L-Y-L-O-V-E-D for 15% off of all of their products. Thanks for listening. Tracy Stanley is a yoga and meditation teacher. She has been studying and practicing yoga and tantra since 1995. She is one of my most favorite people, and I felt so honored to have had her on as a guest once again. She comes from the same lineage as I do. She studies with Yoga Rupa Striker, and really brings it home on this episode. We talk about creating ritual, we talk about FOMO, we talk about what we can do as yogis and just as good people on this planet to create a more sustainable life. I'm so excited to share this episode with you. I cannot wait to hear what you thought. Here's Tracy Stanley. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me here. (laughs) Um, So so Tracy and I are in my living room and we're having some, some oolong tea and uh, just chatting about life in general. Yes. Yeah.
0: Lots to chat about. Lots to chat about. It's been a while since we've seen each other, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so much has happened in the last, uh, I feel like it's been a year. Has it been a year? Yeah, I think (gasps) so. Really? (gasps) When we went to dinner? It feels like, okay, I think you're right. Yeah, it's definitely like eight months to a year. It
1: was before I went on tour.
0: Yeah. Okay. And that was what, eight months ago?
1: That was longer than that, Tracy. It's been almost a year. Okay. Yeah.
0: So here we are. So
1: here we are. And so I was so excited uh, to um, reconnect with Tracy. And I figured since we always have really great, in depth conversations, I figured I'd record this one <laughs> 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 and, and share it with, with everyone listening uh, because I feel that, you know, Tracy's a, an incredible teacher and she's an incredible inspiration to me. Uh, not only obviously we are from the same lineage yes and um but everything that she puts out into the world i feel is is comes from a place of of truth and and love and straight from the heart and i just i really love it and so i appreciate everything that you do thank you and i i wanted to just have a conversation about a couple of different topics uh the first one is just where we are right now as uh, a yoga community or as just as a society at large and why why you think it's important for us to be able to have a practice or a ritual or to establish something in our lives that's going to create more connection or more wholehearted living or Mm. to just be able to find a little bit more joy in our lives. Um, Yeah. And then we just can talk about all of those
0: things. Okay. Well, I feel like having a practice, whether it's a five minute practice or an hour long practice, just a commitment to do something every day is so important because it builds your discipline. And it builds your willpower. And it expands your capacity. And if you don't have those three things, I feel like that's when we start to feel like we're not in balance. That's when we start to feel lost. And that's when we start to feel like we don't have the tools to be able to push through when we actually Mm -hmm. need to be able to push through. Yeah. Um, And I think that it feels like there's this idea that you have to have 90 minutes of practice you know because we all kind of grew up doing yoga in yoga studios for with an hour and a half long classes and that if you don't have time to do an hour and a half or at least an hour that somehow it's not worth doing then you shouldn't even start and honestly all you need to do is just a couple of down dogs a few chakra chakravakasanas connect in with your breath, connect in with an intention. And if that takes you five to 10 minutes, then that's enough. But it's the idea of connecting to yourself, like having some sort of practice every day that allows you to connect to you, not to yeah. your thoughts, not to the opinions of the people around you, but to what's happening inside. And I don't think we have enough opportunities to do that because we're so busy all the time. I mean, this life that we have right now with all the technology and connection and good connection in different ways, but it keeps us from actually exploring our internal landscape and being able to know what's really happening inside of us. And so when we don't pay attention to that, something winds up bubbling up that catches us by surprise. And then we don't know how to deal with it. Mm. We feel like we don't have the tools. That's my experience anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. I think that the moments in my life when I've experienced those those bubbling up moments have been when I'm not really uh, steeped in, in a practice, right? It's like mm-hmm. I've not really, I've kind of half-assed it.
0: Right, right. It's like I'm
1: just going through the motions, right? right? Yeah. Um, and and I notice that when that happens, it bleeds into the rest of my life. All of a sudden, you know, I start to get irritable, or I start to feel overwhelmed, or I start to feel like all the things I need to tackle they become so big, mm-hmm. and it just really creates a lot of dysfunction. I think.
0: I totally agree. I feel like it works in two ways. It's like when you have a consistent practice, even if it's the five minutes a day, it's cumulative, right? And so those five minutes adds on to the next five minutes and to the next five minutes. And you actually have this storehouse Mm -hmm. of like peace and stillness that you can tap into at any point. But the reverse is also true. So when you stop listening, and you stop giving yourself an opportunity to check in, all of those things that you're not listening to start building up and start piling up. And then when that thing starts tumbling down, it really feels, or you take a moment to see it for whatever reason, then it's like this overwhelming mountain that you're like, oh my God, what am I gonna do now? And you know, yoga gives us tools for all that stuff. <laughs> and we've all been there. Yeah. We've all been there. I mean, I remember working in the film business and juggling, you know, 10, 12 projects at a time. And I got into two car accidents in one week. What? Yeah, not bad car accidents, but just kind of like I wasn't paying attention and I hit someone in a parking lot. Or I wasn't paying attention and I hit someone from behind. And I was also practicing yoga at the time and i remember thinking with the first accident oh i need to slow down and give myself some space because there's something this is this is trying to tell me something that i'm not there's something i'm not paying attention to right yeah then the second accident happened like a couple days later in a parking lot and i was like okay there's something again i'm not listening to i'm not paying attention to And then it just hit me in sitting down. It's like, you're just not paying attention. You're so concentrated on what the next project is and getting the next thing done that you're not checking in with yourself in the proper way because even your yoga practice has become this way of trying to achieve something, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. goal-oriented as opposed to check in and be still and just see like what rises up and then deal with what's rising up. Right? Do you so
1: do you think that we get those signs?
0: I do. I really do. <laughs> I do. I think you have the choice to act on them or not act on them.
1: Yeah, I find that a lot of the times when I've been in the similar situation or or I'm talking to to a client or a student once once you get to that breaking point right because it's like hindsight's always 2020 right (laughs) you're like (laughs) you're like i i i was noticing all of these things but i just wasn't i wasn't ready or i wasn't uh paying attention fully do you think that that's that's done on purpose or do you think that things just We just realize things when we're ready, or do you think that it's a choice like we're kind of trying to avoid certain
0: things? I think it's a combination. I think that we avoid and we don't have enough subtle awareness to Mm. act right away, right? So it's almost like we have this delayed reaction, yeah, you know, it's like. (laughs) <laughs> when you're in perpetual motion, even though you hear or you see something, you're like, oh, that just something isn't quite right. Or I need to pay attention. It's like, okay, I'll think about that later after I do this. Mm-hmm. I think with more practice and more consistent practice, you're, the gap between the time that you act on the things that you notice and you hear becomes smaller. Mm-hmm. And then that translates into every part of your life. So it's You know the sign or the signal that something is just off and you act on it right away or the sign or the signal that oh I just got inspired by this amazing creative idea I need to act on that right away and I just feel like we start to be able to act in ways that are in alignment with our truth because we're able to hear it and we're able to hear it just a little louder the more we practice Um, and then sometimes I think we're also afraid of change and sometimes that voice or that signal that we're getting is telling us something needs to change and it's going to be painful.
1: Oof. I'm yeah. like, oof!
0: I've had that. We talked about that last, last time. time. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. How do you think we can begin to become sensitive to those subtleties?
0: I think we have to give ourselves space and the meditation practice gives us space. You know, just being comfortable with being able to sit and just notice what's arising. That's it. Spaciousness.
1: What kind of um, misconceptions can you dispel about meditation?
0: Mm. Well, I would say that just sitting in a posture of, you know, sitting down cross-legged with your spine tall it does not mean that you're meditating. (laughs) I've taken a lot of really cool meditation photos and some of them I actually was meditating and some of them I was just sitting in a comfortable seated posture. And so I think that we have this misconception that you you see the yogi, you see these photos of people sitting looking very peacefully and when someone begins to meditate they expect that they're going to get into this peaceful place right away and what they're confronted with usually is their thoughts or their mind and immediately we feel like oh we're not doing it right we're not do- we're not meditating right the right way and then a lot of times we then say okay it's not for me But what we don't realize is that we need first to focus on something. And that's what we're doing when we sit down. We're actually practicing concentration. We're actually practicing one-pointed focus. And then if we're lucky and we really get still enough, there's a moment, maybe, maybe two moments where we actually fall into this place of blissful stillness. And that moment is for me a place where kind of time disappears. And even though it's probably only a second, it feels like it was an eternity and it's a place that you remember. And that's the thing that calls you back to your mat to sit and concentrate for another five minutes or 10 minutes or maybe even an hour until you fall into that place for longer and longer and longer. So I think that. Anybody can do meditation, anybody can meditate. You don't have to be able to sit cross-legged. That's another misconception. Mm, yeah. um, I've taught meditation to people in wheelchairs. Um, you can lie down and practice some meditations. Um, and I think that it's not just for people who are on a spiritual path. I think sometimes we think of meditation as, oh, you have to be into spirituality mm. and all this woo-woo stuff. And no, it's like if you want to have a better life, if you want to be more productive, you want to be more fulfilled, you want to be more clear, then meditation is for you. you know. And it's been said over and over again, if you can breathe, you can meditate. If you can breathe, you can do yoga. But it's worth repeating yeah. a million more times because really the the first meditation that you could practice is just paying attention to the breath.
1: Why do you think this isn't taught to us? Like as children or as we grow up in school, like why? I mean, I know a lot, certain cultures do teach a, a type of, you know, ritual or, or prayer, but, but why is it us here? Like, that's not something that we learn.
0: That's a really good question. I don't know. I think that the more we, are able to share yoga with people from all different backgrounds, including people who are in the educational system, Mm. people who are teachers, who don't need to stand in front of a yoga class to teach yoga or meditation. And I'm starting to see that more in my own teacher trainings, um, mainly because there, while you do get trained to be a yoga teacher, it's a lifestyle training. And so there's more and more people who are teachers and doctors and you know mothers that come not because they want to teach to a class but they want to teach to their family or to their patients so I think I feel and I'm hoping that the next generation of yoga teachers are going to be those people who will Mm -hmm. suddenly say okay this needs to happen in my classroom And I also think there's a little bit of fear. As we know, there's been different school districts who have tried to prevent yoga from being taught in classrooms, right? So I think it's a matter of education on that side. And you know, I just got back from India a few months ago with Robert Sturman where we went to this amazing um, school that is all on scholarship and it's in the middle of a slum in Rishikesh and they teach these kids meditation yoga breathing and you want to see 300 like i think no 150 four-year-old kids sitting perfectly still breathing and doing meditation it was amazing
1: oh i loved all of those those pictures (laughs) and everything that you guys posted so we'll link that here so those of you listening if you want to see that if you go to the show notes watch this video it's just it's such such a beautiful I'd never seen any it. it really like it touched my heart and I just was so I'm like, yes, this is what needs to be happening. That must have been a really incredible trip for you.
0: It was incredible. I mean, in so many different ways. Um, because India is always a pilgrimage, you know. Make no mistake, it's not a vacation. I mean, maybe if you go to Goa, it could be, <laughs> but I don't, I still think it's a pilgrimage no matter what. And um just having the privilege of being invited to go with Robert to be at the school for the day yeah it was mind blowing it really was and to see the differences if you were to ask you know in an american school four year olds to be still you know we have our devices and we have all these things that we're trained there, and we're training our kids to use and to rely on um, and so it was just nice to be able to see that. And I think, and I'm hoping that it's going to shift. Yeah. So if you're listening and you're a school teacher and you practice <sighs> yoga, what better way than to get kids yeah, started with their day, but some, you know, alternate nostril breathing.
1: <laughs> and I think too, like to, to be able to really focus on, all the things that we can change as opposed to focusing on all the things that are not happening or all the things that are wrong is really a, a, a great approach because I, I feel that with now all the scientific research and the psychological studies that they're doing of all the benefits of yoga and meditation, I think more and more people will, will see the benefits of it of it themselves. They'll be able to have the experience and learn the tools to be able to teach it. And, yes. and to have it be more of a ritual in their lives. Mm-hmm. Imagine those kids are going to grow up so like well, <laughs> well-rounded <laughs> and like calm and have the ability to self-regulate and have the ability to have just more uh, wherewithal about what they're doing and, and be more mindful
0: of space and connection and stillness and peace. Yeah. And, you know, they have a very high rate of graduation and the kids going to college and, you know, it's a very successful program at the Mother Miracle School there in Mishikesh. Wow. What sort of thing
1: can you see that's happening right now um, that I don't want to say that concerns you the most because that <laughs> sounds a little like I'm afraid, but we can talk about that. What sort of thing do you see happening right now that, that you see really needs our attention as as a community and how can we fix it?
0: Wow, that's such a great question and a big question. Um, you know, I think that what I would like to see more of in the community and also in myself yeah, is this idea of authenticity. I think that we are so, you know, everyone, it, not everyone, but it feels like there's a lot of hustle going on and that there's a lot of, <laughs> 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 am I wrong? No. <laughs> you're so, you're so not, yes. You know, there's a lot of hustle going on to just, you know, figure out, how to get more followers and how to be on the cutting edge and what's trending and what can I do to like get into this, you know, lane of what I think is going to be something unique at the right time, in the right place, in the right way with the right words. And so I think a lot of it, it reminds me of when I first started practicing yoga and when I decided to become a teacher. And so I understood the principles of yoga, intellectually, a lot of them. And a lot of them I, had, I thought I understood and I had absolutely no idea. And so as a teacher, what happened was I was parroting what my teachers had said for many, many years without actually having it embodied. And the more and more I became, steeped in my own practice through discipline and through having the right teachers and meeting teachers like Yoga Rupa, then I started to have this understanding that came from within me. And once I was able to actually empower my own voice and not be afraid of being seen, then I was actually able to speak what was coming from my heart and not need to oh, wow, I just went to this class with Vinny, and he taught this like awesome sequence and now I've got to go and copy that sequence or, you know, Yoga Rupa taught this meditation and I need to... No, it's like I have these tools. Let me tap in and listen to what's needed in the collective and then be able to share from that place. Right. Okay.
1: (laughs) so, you know, one of the things that, uh, uh, you you know, Brene Brown, Mm -hmm. so she she always says uh, that obviously uh, being authentic and and being vulnerable are important for us to be able to connect. But um, she says that the first thing that we look for in a room is vulnerability, but it's the last thing that we want to show. Mm. Yes. So, yes. So how do you think that we can we can using our practice how how can we use our practice to show up more authentic and being vulnerable so that we feel we can connect with with our community more
0: Well I think for me I can only speak really for myself is that my growth came from my wounds mm. And from those hard lessons that I really had to learn sometimes over and over again, (laughs) but eventually I learned them. Can you give us an example? Giving away my power is the biggest one. Dimming my light so that others could shine not because Um, what I thought at the time was that I was allowing people to shine because I was doing great everything's good over here let me give this platform for this person to shine when in reality it was about me being afraid because I felt that it wasn't safe for me to be successful for me to be big to for me to shine and that was a huge realization um, that came through actually the work of the Four Desires with Rod and some other meditations and work that I was doing, and so it's like, wow, there's a part of all of us that is afraid to step out and be seen. Oh, that is deep. <laughs> that is deep. So I can teach from that place. Yeah. You know, um, and I feel like seeing and knowing that vulnerability within myself and accepting that and then figuring out what are the tools to be able to transform that allows me to be able to teach from an authentic place as opposed to me looking online or whatever on Instagram to see what's trending. Yeah. It's like, oh, ritual is trending. So let me go ahead and you know start making pretty pictures about ritual. It's like, Ritual is something that happens internally first, Mm. right? And then everything you see becomes sacred. Yeah. And then from there you start to create sacredness around you and then everything becomes a ritual. Yeah. Whether it's brushing your teeth, washing the dishes.
1: Yeah. Taking a shower.
0: Yeah. And then that's a teaching.
1: Yeah. Do you think that this, this new sort of concern or worry about FOMO, (laughs) (laughs) for those of you listening, that's fear of missing out. Yes. Um, Do you think that that is sort of clouding our ability to, to seek what's really there for ourselves internally?
0: Mm, that's such a good question. And I've had a conversation about this with a couple of friends recently because I've noticed and we've noticed that FOMO seems to be a marketing tool. I've noticed a number of organizations and businesses that use, it's like you better get it now, otherwise you're gonna miss out or the whole community is going to this event and there's not a new space for you. And this is the same type of marketing that we see from CNN and Fox and all the other, you know, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, but it's the same thing that we see in the news cycle. It's like using fear Mm. as a motivator. I don't want to be in fear. I want to be inspired as that is needs to be my motivation truth needs to be my motivation so i feel like this fear of missing out and you know there's been a lot of talk about the patriarchal society mm-hmm. starting to fall and yeah. the rise of the woman and the rise of the yogini which is absolutely happening and if that's happening then we can't use these kinds of tactics that really rely on fear rely on competition rely on comparison Mm. to market ourselves and to create um, abundance for ourselves because if we use those tools to create abundance we're creating lack in someone else and it goes absolutely against what it is hopefully that we're here to do Mm -hmm. you know yeah. It's like Yoga Rupa talks about this idea that the universal dharma is to love, give and serve. And if that's our basic dharma is to love, give and serve and then we have this unique dharma that we're here to fulfill, that's our job to figure out what that is, then using those kind of tactics doesn't isn't in service of the universal dharma.
1: I'm like dropping the mic over here Tracy, this is so true, it's true. Why do you think that we have this mentality that if I have more, that means you have less?
0: Mm. Well, I mean, it must be and I don't know for sure, but it must be this idea of a non dual philosophy. The pie is only so big. If you take a slice of the pie, that means there's less for me. I mean, I see it with my kids at home. You know, when I cook a meal, (laughs) the first thing that they look at, whoever the first person is to get, you know, something in their plate, they're looking to see how much did they take? How much is left over for me? Wow. Right? Yeah. So it's, I feel like that's, a common way of thinking. And, you know, I will say that one of my first teachers, my first Hatha yoga teacher was Brian Kest. And I remember him, um, you know, he opened his studio years ago and it was donation only. And I remember him saying that, you know, some people would put $3 in the box and some people would put 20 and some people would take money out. (laughs) Oh. right and he he just said he did it didn't matter because he believed that the universe was going to provide for him no matter what the universe was going to support his endeavor to share yoga Mm. and you know that was uh what year was that 1995 and he's still going strong With two studios and hundreds of teachers that he's inspired to teach, maybe even thousands. So that was the first time that I had ever heard that concept that the universe would provide, that there was enough, the universe was abundant and there was enough for everybody. And when I opened my yoga studio, I opened it under that same concept and it proved itself to be true so i think that the more we can trust the more that we can have faith and that is a tapas in itself right is that fire of just sitting noticing having faith and seeing what is it that you don't believe what is it that you don't believe because there's you know this weekend as an example (laughs) i was teaching um our first Uh, weekend on Tantra in the teacher training and we went through the five aphorisms from Adi Shankara. Oh, nice. Right? And we worked on figuring out which one of these five aphorisms, so life is a gift from the divine, you know, it was one. Um, Life is merely waves, ebbs and flows, neither inauspicious or meaningful. Right? That's Those were the two that people were bumping up against the most, but their homework was to choose one that they bumped up against the most, that they really didn't believe, and to write it down a few times, and every time they had a thought that was counter to it, to write down what that thought was, and to work with that statement for the next 30 days. And that the more we work with those statements to be able to see the nature of reality and to see where our conflict is, right? Because that's also our conflict in not wanting to step into our power. The idea that you might not be part of the divine, that you might not be part of the one that is beautiful.
1: Yeah.
0: You know? Um, So maybe you can post those aphorisms for people to read from Adi Shankara and it's there wasn't one person in the room who didn't have one that they really felt like this is not true I'm not part of the divine so if we don't know that at our core essence when somebody takes a slice of that pie there's less for you all mm. right and so I also think it's depending on your disposition I'm gonna grab it before you can grab it because I don't want to have less and then there's some people who are just giving the pieces of pie away and that was me <laughs> that was me giving my my power away it was yeah. like oh here take my piece yeah right
1: yeah wow that's uh very powerful and I think that we should all be required to ask those questions and to evaluate Mm. where we stand in that spectrum so that we can begin to change the framework that's not working for us.
0: Oh Yeah. Change the framework. That's exactly what it is. Cause that framework is the mental construct that isn't working (sighs) that we don't even know it's running half the time. Yeah until hopefully we get quiet enough one day where we actually hear it. And it's like, what was that <laughs> thought? Yeah. And how do I unravel that? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think that, you know, this maybe the people listening to this podcast right now need to hear that right now. Maybe this, this is a divine moment for, for them. You know, I, I find that for me anytime I'm ready to hear something, is when I hear it
0: Mm. I can listen yeah and also asking yeah like having the faith in the universe to ask and say what is it that I need to hear most what is that thing that is holding me back from thriving what actions am I doing what way am I thinking how am I living my life in that way and just sit with it
1: well, this is a great segue. You you just brought me a gift. Mm, I did. <laughs> uh-huh. And so tell the audience what you brought me because I'm really excited.
0: Well, I brought you a set of um, my Empowered Life Oracle cards. Um, they're a set of 72 Oracle cards that are questions and um, that are meant to be journal prompts or contemplations. So you can choose one in the morning and sit with it with your tea and ask yourself a question there. Um, and it's kind of like, the questions are pretty provocative. Yeah, they are. They are, they really make you They make you think and they're meant to be a form of tapas, this idea of heat that creates transformation. Um, And the other thing that I brought is a copy of uh, the Empowered Life Soul Journal and Coloring Book, which is kind of a seven week uh, process that you can go through kind of on your own and each week has its own theme. Uh, So the idea is that there are these different tributaries that kind of lead to the ocean of freedom. So you work through willpower and forgiveness and gratitude and self love. Um, uh, Shakti, Sankalpa, which is an intention, and you just answer some questions and you do some exercises to kind of get you more anchored in those qualities. Um, Compassion is another one. So, um, you know, I've found that self-inquiry has been a really powerful practice for me. And I think it started um, with a teacher that I practice with many years ago. His name is Julian Walker. He's a teacher in Santa Monica and then followed up by all the work that I've done with yoga rupa training to be a four desires trainer and just doing all of his workshops, this idea of, you know, asking these questions, vichara practice and the teachings of Sri Ramana Maharshi as well. So I wanted to find a way for people to be able to Access this practice where it didn't feel um, too intense Mm. and I was gifted a set of my first tarot cards like three years ago by a friend who had created this beautiful set um, called The Wild Unknown and I'd been playing with those cards and it gave me the idea to create these as a set of oracle cards Um, and I just love them.
1: Yeah, I think they're amazing. Let's pull one card for the audience to Ooh. give them a, a question. Okay. <laughs> and you can send us your response. Okay, here it is. Are you happy with how your choices have shaped your life thus far? If not, how can you make better choices?
0: Perfect question. <laughs> <laughs> they always show up how yeah. they're supposed to. Yeah.
1: So for you that are listening to this, uh, send us your answers. Maybe you can, uh, send us a Instagram message or you can email, uh, us and, and we'll give you the, the information at, at the end of the podcast so that you can, um, so that you can respond with your answers because we're curious. And we yeah. Know. We'd love to hear. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So I want to ask you a couple of questions. Okay. Uh, just, Personal, because mm-hmm. I I want to, and <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to take advantage since I have you sitting here on my couch, and because I I think that the audience would like to know. Um, what is your favorite word? Love. What is your least favorite word? Separate. What sound do you love? The ocean. What sound do you?
0: least to love the sound of cnn (laughs) in the the background when i'm trying to meditate (laughs) but my beloved is on a four-week media cleanse so i haven't had to hear that for a while (laughs) oh that's nice (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness i i would i would love to be a
1: fly on the wall just to watch that happen see you in your space by the way, Tracy has an incredible um, sanctuary oh. of a home and beautiful practice space and studio. And sometimes there's been a couple of times where I'm sitting and I visualize myself sitting in your on your deck, oh. <laughs> 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 that beautiful like landscape of just greenery and it's it's so beautiful. lucky,
0: so fortunate
1: to yeah, be there. I love that. Um, okay, what profession other than yours would you like to attempt?
0: Wow. Well, you know, I have to say that, you know, I'm a, I've been a producer and filmmaker for over 20 years and I left the business because I couldn't find enough conscious filmmakers to make films with. And I think that if I was not teaching yoga, that it feels like um, people are ready for the kinds of programming and the kinds of films that I wanted to make when I was producing. Um, and I think that I would probably go back to making films and maybe direct a documentary. Directing a documentary is in my future at some point. Yeah. That's great. So that's what it would be. That's
1: exciting. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I'm coming to the film festival with you. i Am already signing myself up? Uh, What profession would you not
0: like to do? Mm, What profession would I not like to do? That's a hard one, and you know why? Because I feel like with all the training that I have in yoga and living yoga, that I feel like I could bring yoga into any profession, and that would make it awesome. So I don't think I have an answer for oh. what I would not like to do, because I feel like we can transform anything. Anything. Even, you know, the least, I mean, I definitely would not want to work at a slaughterhouse. You know, that, yeah. okay, that for the, that is an answer. But I think for the most part, we can bring beauty everywhere and sacredness everywhere and awareness everywhere. As long as we are fostering it inside, it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. Okay. If heaven exists, we know it does, uh, what would you like to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates?
0: Welcome back. And you know what i feel like that's what happens when you meditate when you meditate every time you drop into that space it's a welcome back welcome back welcome home to yourself what is your what is
1: your biggest vision that you see what's what's the next chapter for tracy look like
0: Mm. the next chapter feels like reaching more people through writing. I'm currently in the midst of working on a book.
1: <laughs>
0: Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And it's, um, it really is about accessing that part of you that's vulnerable and finding your own healing and your own power through that space, through a specific formula of practices that can help you that comes from ancient wisdom, it didn't come from me. It's just basically like, oh, this is a way for people to really be able to shine and and become radiant and and powerful again, because we're never losing that part of ourselves. It's always there, it's just sometimes it gets covered up with a bunch of things that happen in life and our thoughts. I love that. Uh, These next
1: uh, couple questions are sort of like, You fill in the blank.
0: Mm, Okay.
1: So, most of my friends would say that I
0: Hmm. am calm.
1: (laughs) Most of the time, I would say that I
0: am always thinking. My
1: favorite thing about myself is
0: my ability to connect with people, especially one on one. You know, I'm a bit of an introvert. I wouldn't say a bit. I'm I'm definitely very introverted. So at a party, I'm usually the one who's in the corner, just getting deep with somebody one on one, and there's usually tears. So I would say that. <laughs> with for both of us, for both, yeah, <laughs> for both of us.
1: My favorite thing about people is?
0: That people really want to know themselves. They really wanna have a purpose. They really wanna find their purpose. And being able to watch when that moment happens when you get tired of not following your purpose and you decide to make that choice that you're gonna figure out what it is to me is really beautiful, because mm. there's a determination there that is contagious.
1: Love is
0: all there is. Is it?
1: And God is.
0: She is amazing. And everywhere and in everything that
1: she is um, is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience um, or is there a question that you wish somebody would ask you
0: mm. well I'm going to share a question that was asked of me and it was a question that actually made its way into the deck because it was asked to me by Yogarupa. rupa he asked this question about three years ago, um, at a retreat that we were doing. What are the three lessons that you're tired of learning? And let's start to make a shift from there. Make a decision that you're done.
1: Wow. Tracy, Thank you.
0: Thank you for having me here.
1: This is, you're incredible, as I said. I mean, I don't really have to say all the ways. I think that for the people listening can can feel that and, and hear that. And if everyone listening is ever fortunate enough to be in your presence, they mm. can feel it.
0: Thank you for that.
1: Um, So final question before Mm. we wrap. Yes, Uh, I've asked you this before, and I'm curious to see if your answer is different. Um, This podcast is about creating community and connecting and feeling support and feeling radically loved. So Mm. the two-part question is, how do you feel radically loved and what do you radically love?
0: Mm. I really feel radically loved by the universe. Because I tap into that place every time, every morning, and every time I do, when I open my eyes, I feel and see that I'm supported. There's nothing that happens, even if it's something that is perceived to be negative, like where I'm like, I did not want that to happen today, or whatever it is. It always feels like it's in support, even if I don't see it in the moment. So I feel supported by my beloved. I feel supported by my practice. I feel supported by my community that's really showing up authentically, um, like you. And I'm so grateful for you to have this space for people to be able to share their tools and their truth. It's really beautiful. Um, And the second part of the question was, (laughs) what do I radically love? I radically love just being in love, first with myself, because if I'm not in love with myself, and self-love is a thing I think a lot of us need to work on, I know for me it's a daily practice, Um, then I get to see the beauty in everybody. I get to see the beauty in everything. I mean, look at these creatures here, right? That's all they know how to do is love and be loved. (laughs) So, yeah. That's what I love. Thank you. Thank mm. you.
1: So for the people listening who uh, want to get in touch with you, where can they go?
0: Uh, they can go to my website uh, at Tracy with two E's, yoga.com. Um, and you can find out about everything that I'm doing. Um, I'm going to be uh, touring with Wanderlust 108. Uh, over this summer so hopefully I'll see some of you guys there and I know you're going to be teaching meditation too which is awesome (laughs) so excited for that
1: yeah me too I'm excited it's going to be fun it's going to be a fun summer I think Mm -hmm. Um, I will put the links for Tracy on the show notes so if you're listening to this if you hit info and go to the show notes all the links to everything we talked about during the podcast will be on there so you can just click and access questions and uh, links to purchase her journal or the deck and all of the things that that we discussed and um, we will also be uh, providing a gift for those of you listening,
0: (laughs) right? Yes. Okay. It's going to be the uh, first chapter of um, the Empowered Life Soul Journal. So I think for me gratitude is such an important thing to really work with. Um, in every moment so we're going to give you the first chapter which is the week one gratitude practice that will come with a gratitude meditation and um, some self-inquiry questions and some creative practices that you can do
1: yeah and so in order to get that just like everything else email rosie at radically <laughs> we have to figure out a better system you guys and for those of you that i still owe emails i will i'm getting back to you you know that i do i always do so for to retrieve the gift just uh, email rosie at radically subject title tracy stanley and i will get you your first week so you can try it out
0: Thank you guys for thank listening you. and thank you, Rosie. Thank for you, me. thank so you beautiful. all.
1: Thank you for listening and Tracy, you're amazing. Thank you so much. You. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes. Write a review. We love doing this, so please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.